What a beautiful song and promise. I promise you all you need to hear this morning is that you've been adopted and forgiven and loved and cherished and all is well. And that promise, my friends, is what's the motivation and empowerment for what we're going to talk about this morning in Ephesians chapter 6. If you're new to us, we're just talking through this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and we just move little by little through this letter and investigate the whole thing. And today we're at Ephesians chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 1. And we're going to see the responsibility of children to love and honor and obey their parents in the Lord and the responsibility of parents who have been parented so well by God to parent their children in love as they've been loved themselves. Families are complicated. As much as we love one another, we're sinners, and we don't always get it right. You know, my mom recently uh, called me, and she said, John, I've been having a hard time sleeping recently, and uh, so I've started listening to your sermons at night, and uh, <laughs> I found it helps me go to sleep. And yet we're supposed to honor these people, right? Our parents. And I'm taking that as, as well. I think that it's soothing is what she means. I'm gonna, I don't know how to take that. But listen, what Paul has in mind is for families to be the glorious part of the glorious new creation and church in which Christ has formed in his body, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember chapters 1 through 3, told us all that is ours in Christ Jesus, all that Jesus has done for us. And then chapters 4 start to tell us how to live in light of that grace. Four, chapter 4, verse 1, Paul tells the church, live lives worthy of the calling you have received. In chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, imitate God in the way you live as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter uh, 5, verse 18, he says, live according to the Spirit. In other words, as we embody the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, it, it transforms the way we live as a church. It transforms our marriages, as we've been talking about for several weeks. And now we're going to see how the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ transforms the child-parent relationship as well in the home. So, chapter 6, verse 1. This is the holy word of God. Listen to what God says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This is the word of God. Thanks be to you, O God. O Holy Spirit, would you come now and instruct us and transform our hearts and minds that we would live out the reality of the gospel in how it transforms our family relationships. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the point I want to drive home today. That healthy and happy God-honoring families 
are ones in which children obey and honor their parents in the Lord with the right motives and for the right reasons and in the right way. And parents also expect and enforce obedience in the home for the right reasons and in the right way as well. You see, the gospel always talks about our motivation and our empowerment in Jesus Christ. So I want to ask just two things this morning. First of all, what is the responsibility of children in this text? And secondly, what is the responsibility of parents? The responsibility of children is pretty clear. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, and honor your father and your mother. Now, over the years, you might have heard different definitions or explanations of obedience. What I was taught was that you obey. Obedience is doing what you're told, when you're told, and with the right heart attitude. Obedience is doing what you're told, when you're told, and with the right heart attitude. Another person has said it this way, delayed obedience is disobedience, and partial obedience is disobedience. And by the way, that's not just for kids and parents, that's between parents and God, parents and the authorities that God has placed in our lives. So how do we as children obey our parents and honor our parents in the Lord with the right motivation and in the right way? It's essential, you see, that children understand that our responsibility is to obey our parents in the Lord. But there will come a day when we move out of the home, we're on our own, we, as we just saw in the marriage discussion, we leave and cleave, we become our own family, and while we obey our parents while we're under their roof and under their authority, when we leave and cleave or we move out on our own, that's when we no longer have to obey our parents, but we will always honor our parents. Obedience, we understand. What is honor? Honor means to respect or to value or to esteem or to look out for and care for. That will always be the duty of children to parents. They are to honor their parents. And while you're in the home, children, you obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You will always obey, and I mean, you will always honor. And I would just say this to you adult children out of the home. I think honoring parents is not only to revere and respect them, but to heed their counsel. You don't always have to do what they say when you're on your own anymore, but to heed the wise counsel of your parents as people who know you and love you as well. This first phrase, in the Lord, what does it mean? Well, it means that we as children are to obey our parents because it is pleasing to the Lord and it is in submission to the Lord that God has told us to obey our parents. It was the, one of the Ten Commandments. God gave a commandment to this, commandment number five, that, that children are to honor and obey their parents and that there was a blessing that came if they did. So children, when you obey your parents, you're actually obeying the Lord. You're honoring the authority that God has placed in your life. You obey in the Lord because it's honoring to God that you do so. 
It pleases the Lord. That's what Paul says to the church at Colossae, Colossians, uh, Colossians 3.20, that when children obey their parents, it is pleasing to the Lord. So that's what Paul means by obeying in the Lord. But it also means this, and I think this is a very uh, important clarification. What if you have parents that are telling you to do something which explicitly violates Holy Scripture? What if you have parents that are telling you and abusing, uh, abusing their authority to tell you to do things that are harmful to you physically or emotionally that violate what God says in his word? Well, it's clear. In that case, you don't obey your parents because you would not be obeying in the Lord under the authority of God's word. Kids, if you're in a position now where your parents are abusing that authority in some way, talk to somebody. But we obey in the Lord, in respect to the Lord, in obedience to the Lord. Secondly, we obey in the Lord because it is right. In other words, it's natural. Every religion, every culture, Every society knows that it doesn't work. The family doesn't work and the society doesn't work unless children learn obedience. And kids, you understand this as well. If you're, if you're training a puppy, you understand the importance of obedience. You understand that you know what the puppy needs and so that you have more wisdom and experience and understanding for what's going on. And so you know that the puppy will not succeed unless it learns to obey its master. You understand this in your sports as well. When you go and you sit under a soccer coach, you are going there because you know that you need to listen to what that coach says because that coach has more knowledge and more experience and can help you be the person that you're supposed to be in sports. Well, it's just natural in life. Every religion and every culture agrees that children have to learn to obey authority in their lives it's right. It's part of God's training for us to develop children to who he wants them to be as they submit to the authority of parents in their lives. But children also are called to obey because it's for their good. Not only because it's in the Lord, not only because it's right, but it's for their good. Children, if they don't learn to obey their parents, will not obey later when the consequences are greater and it will be catastrophic in their lives, whether it's a policeman or, a, or a, another authority in their life. If they don't learn to obey now, they won't obey other authorities later and the, the consequences can be catastrophic. It's good for children to learn to obey. If they don't obey, they'll destroy themselves. They obey because it's good they obey their parents because their parents, Paul's assuming here, want what's best for their children. They know you, they understand you, they want you to flourish and develop, and because they love you and know you, they want you to obey them because they're trying to help you. That's the way God ordained for it to be. So obedience is good, and it's right, and it's natural, and it's in the Lord, but here's the problem. None of us like to obey, do we? We're all rebellious. The very first parents in the garden, Adam and Eve, did not obey God, and we've been reaping the whirlwind of the effects of their lack of obedience to God throughout history. 
None of the people in the Old Testament obeyed God either. That's why all the problems happened in their world as well. And that's why the problems, so many of the problems are happening in our world because of the breakdown of the family where kids are taught not to, or not forced or expected rather, to obey. But here's what I want you to see. Jesus did obey. And he obeyed fully all the way to the cross out of his love for you. And it's his obedience which makes our obedience even possible today. Do you remember the story? It's in Luke chapter 2 where Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching in the synagogue. He's instructing the elders and the, and the religious leaders there in the church. And his parents are worried. They've left him. They don't know where he is. And uh, Jesus says, don't you know I had to be about my father's work, his, my father's business Here's the Son of God, God in the flesh, fully divine and fully human, saying, I'm in the temple teaching because I need to instruct and be about the work of my Father. And yet, do you know how that verse ends? Luke 2, verse 51. But his parents did not understand what he was saying to him. Then Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. The Son of God modeled perfect obedience to his parents, to his Father, all the way to the cross. And Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews chapter 5 that it was part of Jesus' development to learn obedience as perfect man. Jesus obeyed, and it's that obedience which gives us the ability and the desire to obey Children, hear this. You obey not to earn God's favor, but you obey because in Jesus Christ you have God's favor and you want to please God by obeying your parents because Jesus obeyed all the way to the cross to secure your salvation. Don't miss this part. The call to obedience is in chapter uh, 6. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians tell you all that you are in Christ and all that Jesus has done for you and all the blessings that are yours as being part of the family of God. And from there he goes, in light of this, obey your parents in the Lord. It is right. And oh, by the way, there's a blessing attached to this command. Children, if you obey God, you will receive the blessing of God. And if you obey God by obeying your parents, God is going to bless you in your life. Life will just go better for you. Let me give an example. When I was in seventh grade, I, for some reason, the cool eighth grade kids in my Christian school were letting me hang out with them. And uh, kids, if you've been sleeping, this is a story, this is the good part, so wake up for this, okay? I, I was invited one week into a party, and because my parents didn't know the parents, and because it was someone's house they didn't know, my parents didn't let me go to the party. And I was so angry. I hated my parents in my heart. I missed out on the opportunity to be at the who's who event of my little small world. I hated my parents in my heart. Monday morning came around, and all through the school there was, did you hear what happened at the party? I won't mention the people's names because social media is still out there, and these people are still out there. Did you hear what happened at so-and-so's house? 
They broke into the dad's bar and they all drank and they were all hooking up together and it was this big, uh, I'll, I'll tone down the language, it was a mess. I remember the feeling, thinking as I heard about this party, there's no way I would have had the power to resist that. And had my parents not forced me to obey them, I would have been there, and that would have been me. And I'm not making this up to be dramatic, but by the end of high school, by God's mercy, my life was going this direction, and I was walking with Jesus because of the Lord's intervention. And I can tell you that one of those kids pulled a knife on his dad and went to juvenile detention. Another one of those girls uh, got pregnant in high school. This was in the Christian school I went to. To this day, I don't think any of them know Jesus. It was God's intervening grace through making me obey my parents that saved my life. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It is right. It is good. It's for your blessing. And you want to do so because your parents, Lord willing, have your best in mind and because you want to honor God because his son Jesus obeyed perfectly for you. I hope you don't miss that. Secondly, what's the responsibility of parents? If children are to obey the Lord in the right way and for the right reasons, parents are to demand or require or enforce discipline and obedience in the home in the right way and for the right reasons too. The gospel has a lot to say about our motivations here, and it's in this text as well. Parents, I want to give you four words, which I hope will help, and the four are require, respond, remind, and reward. Require, respond, remind, and reward. This is the responsibility of parents. Number one, to require obedience in the home. Now, you can't force your kids to always obey, but you need to continue to enforce that in your home, your children need to obey their father and mother because it is good, it is right, it is for their blessing. Require obedience because it is required by God. And listen, it's exhausting. I mean, it's so much easier just to, to, to get on your phone and surf Instagram or something than to, to be actively engaged in your kid's life. It's exhausting. And by the way, they don't listen to you. We never did. They don't either. But you have to have the expectation for obedience in your home because it's for their good and it's for God's glory. Require obedience. Teach it for their sake. Model it for their sake. Which is another thing that's convicted me this week. You know, when you're driving along the road and, and your kids say, uh, you, you went through that, that yellow light, it was red, you know, and, and I look and say, yeah, Aaron, you shouldn't have done that. Just kidding, it's me. I, you know, I'm breaking those rules and so my kids catch me in it. I have to model what obedience looks like to authority. But it's the responsibility of parents to require it. Secondly, respond. And I use respond on purpose because I want you to respond when they disobey, not react. One of my besetting sins with my children is that I react out of motion, emotion and react out of anger and react out of selfishness instead of responding in grace and correcting with a loving, fatherly, tender heart as my Heavenly Father does with me. 
respond when they don't obey by pointing them to the Jesus they desperately need, reminding them of the love of the Father, the forgiveness that is theirs in Christ, and remind them in light of that grace that they must pursue obedience as we obey because of God's love for us. We respond with gentleness and compassion and grace and a firm but kind hand to our children. We don't react out of our own sinful fleshly desire. Thirdly, remind. And this is the key, I think, to this whole thing. Remind them and remind yourself of the way God is with us. Teach obedience, but don't teach moralism. Teach children to obey the Lord out of response to God's goodness to them. Don't teach children they have to somehow earn or keep God's favor. Don't just teach, be good for good's sake. That produces little Pharisees. We say, obey God, honor God because of God's love and fatherly care for you. And we have to constantly remind our children of the love of God. We have to give our children Jesus and cultivate in their hearts a love for Jesus. Because I'll tell you, love for Jesus and understanding the heart and compassion and grace of Jesus motivates obedience a million times more than threats or fear. You know this in your own life. As as your heart is warmed to the love of Jesus, you want to follow Jesus. So your job as parents is to remind them of Jesus, to bring them to church and put them under the means of grace and Sunday school and youth group and catechism and everything else so that they are constantly, and in your family worship at home, they're constantly being reminded of the gospel and the grace of God because grace motivates holiness. Threats and fear don't do the job. Inflame your kids by God's grace, their hearts and minds with the love of God and they will want to obey. It's interesting, I want to make just an aside here, just very briefly. But this letter was being read to the church at Ephesus. They would get an actual letter from Paul and Paul's reading a letter and he's assuming the children are there. Because Paul knows the children need to be in church morning and evening. They need to be under the means of grace because that's what shapes and transforms hearts. Parents, don't give up bringing your kids to worship. And by the way, the only reason we take kids out in our morning services halfway through the service is to to catechize them, to explain the catechisms of the faith because we think that's another great useful way of bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But Paul is speaking to children who are in the church, who are in the Lord, part of the covenant community of faith, and he's speaking to them in that letter as if they have the ability by the Holy Spirit to obey the Lord. We Presbyterians really love our covenant theology, and children are a part of the covenant family. And when Paul says, children obey in the Lord, He's talking to children who are considered a part of the covenant family and are in the Lord. Are they saved? We don't know when kids are saved. They're saved when the work of regeneration takes place in their heart. But we bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Remind, require, respond, remind, remind them, put them under the means of grace. 
Uh, boy, I have so many more things I could say to this. Can I just say this? What I see in my own life, and I'm in there with you, is we parents want the best for our kids. So we're given the best education and the best extracurriculars, and we're at, at all things sports and dance and, and social and all these wonderful experiences. But don't neglect the most important thing. Bring them up in the nurture and the image of the Lord. Because if you do, God's heart will become their heart and they'll want to obey God as a good father. You also need to remind yourself, though. Because here's another one of my most, in two parts, my besetting sin. Number one, I abuse my authority by how I respond to my children in doing so harshly, in doing so in frustration. I need to remind myself of the way God the Father responds to me. I should demand obedience, but I should do so graciously. I should demand obedience, but I should do so not for my personal motivation or out of fleshly desires. How many times have we as parents disciplined our kids because they're going to make us look bad? How many times have we disciplined our kids for not obeying because it messes up our lives? How many times have we responded out of anger instead of love and compassion because we have idols of our own heart or we're insecure in how our kids might turn out or we're insecure in how others might view us. Those are not gospel motivations. We have to remind ourselves of the gospel as well and respond out of love and grace, not out of anger or idolatry or insecurity or manipulate our children for our gains. That's not teaching children to obey in the Lord. You know, in the Roman household, the father had absolute authority. The father could sell his children. The father could kill his children. Everybody in the home had to do what the father said, including the wife. Everybody was subservient to the father. It was absolutely authoritarian. And when Paul says... Children, obey your hearts and your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. He then turns, and next week we'll see this, he turns to the fathers and he says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're not authoritarian and angry and short with our children. We're compassionate and gracious, even as we require obedience, as we remind ourselves of the gospel, then we will be the parents who parent the way God the Father parents us. I hope you see that. I have this great quote by John Calvin, but I'm going to skip it. Talking, by the way, John Calvin, about how parents, if you really want your kids to obey, do so tenderly and graciously, and you'll win their hearts instead of driving them away. Children, Your responsibility is clear. Honor and obey your parents in the Lord. It's right and it's good and God will bless it. Parents, you expect obedience of your children for their good and for God's glory in grace because you want your children to flourish, not out of selfish motivation and not done from a sinful spirit. And God will bless with a happy home. Let me close in this way. In high school, my friend John Zimmer and I were working for my dad one day. My dad was in real estate, and he had some rental properties. And we had to move some refrigerators from one house to another and, and, and take another new refrigerator and put it in this 
rental property. And my dad was pretty clear that day. He said, I want you to take your time. I want you to strap these refrigerators up really good, set them up upright. Don't lay them down. Strap them in good and secure. Put padding around them. And for the first three refrigerators that day, John Zimmer and I did exactly what my dad said. But it was getting late, and we wanted to get to dinner. And I said, hey, we're not going far with this last refrigerator. So here's what I want to do. You sit in the back. We'll lay this one down, and we'll leave the tailgate open, and you just hold on to the refrigerator. I'll drive really slowly, and uh, we'll save a lot of time this way. He's like, yeah, great idea. (laughs) So, uh, boys, man. We're doing pretty well until I turn out onto Wade Hampton Boulevard, which is the equivalent of Washington Road in Augusta, Georgia. And I pull out on a Wade Hampton, and all of a sudden I just hear this, whoa! And I'm watching the refrigerator slide out the back of the truck, and John Zimmer trying to grab it. And the only thing that kept him in the truck was that he didn't want to die. And the refrigerator bouncing out along the road and just smashing into pieces. Traffic pile up everywhere. It was bad. <laughs> we throw all the pieces back in the truck, and I drive back to the office that day to face my dad. You know, my dad didn't say, you know, son, he didn't need to say, did he? You know, son, if you just obeyed, that wouldn't have happened. I knew. I'm an idiot. But what he did next was he helped us throw the refrigerator parts in the trash, which was going to cost him to have to get another refrigerator And he paid us both in full for our work that day. It spoke more to me of a loving, gracious father who every right to discipline me, every right to take half our pay or all our pay that day, but in his grace demonstrated the heart of the father with compassion and grace. He taught us obedience, but he also taught us the grace and love of the father and demonstrated in that moment. May God give us the grace to do the same. Let's pray together. Father, we know that obedience is not natural to us, for our children, or for us. None of us like to obey. We're rebels at heart. But we thank you for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who obeyed perfectly all the way to the end in our place, and has made us sons and daughters of the King. May we, as children, obey our parents in the Lord honoring and obeying you, Father. And may we do so because your smile is upon us. And may we as parents continue to honor our parents that you have put in our lives. And may we parent in the way that our Father parents us in truth and grace, in love and mercy. And would this produce in this church and in our homes families that love and represent the beauty of of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.